Baseball season's almost here, and there's never been a better time to check out DraftKings.com, America's favorite daily fantasy baseball site, where you could win huge cash prizes every day. Daily fantasy means no season-long commitment. Every time you play, it's like a new season. Head to DraftKings.com now and use code ATHLETE to play for free in the opening day $100,000 fantasy baseball contest. First place takes home ten grand. Enter ATHLETE for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. And now, The Moment with Brian Koppelman. Hey, this is The Moment. I'm Brian Koppelman. Thanks for listening. Uh, hey, and I just want to say thanks so much for the tweets at me and for the letters you guys send to my email account, themomentbk at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. I read everyone and I respond to everyone, even if it takes me um, really way too long to respond. Uh, just forgive me because I've been shooting, and when I'm done, I promise I'll get back to everybody. Don't send me scripts or ideas for scripts. Anything else is fine. My guest today is the great Keith Robinson, um, stand-up comedian from Philly in New York for a long time. Uh, you've, if you've listened to this show before, you've heard people talk about him. Schumer talks about him. Russell Peters talks about him. If you've been in the – just read an interview with Kevin Hart, he seems to always talk about Keith. Uh, Big J. Ogerson, who uh, is coming up on the podcast uh, in a special two-part episode, um, talks about Keith, and we're going to get into it because all these people tell a similar story about you and about your role in their lives. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, Keith's been holding it down at the Comedy Cellar for how many years? I've been there, I guess, like 94. That's when I got there, around 94. Like 20 years. Yeah, 20, yeah, 20 years. Yeah. 20, 25 years doing stand-up, right? Or yeah, something well, like that. maybe a tad more. More than 20. Yeah, years. more than 25. But 20 at the cellar and 94 at the cellar, man, that's when that place was really at the cellar. I mean, it still is, but you had just the best comedians in the world yeah, there well, since then. Yeah, we would start at the Boston Comedy Club, which was around a corner. And Boston was the club. And then all of a sudden, the cellar just started. We moved our operations, me, Patrice O'Neill, and uh, Jim Norton, a guy named Ian Edwards, um, uh, Rich Valls. Right. We went to the cellar, and we caused such a ruckus that we, because you know, we mess with each other all the time. Sure. That and was your, but that was the crew of guys you originally were with. Yeah, they, those, those were my guys. And so you guys were, this was kind of just after the period of time when it was like, Havy and Ray Romano, yes, and um, like Provenza and that whole crew of guys right. who were there. Those, John those guys was there. I remember going to the cellar and looking back, and I could see Ray Romano back there. You know, those guys looking, they were. You know, I'm like, what are they talking? It can't be much, and we're just making noise and like <laughs> school. You know, I I, keep, I continue my bad school habits. Oh, you mean at the cellar? Yeah. So I go from, you know, in school, I was always the in guy the, causing a ruckus. So I go to the cellar and I cause a ruckus. Well, yeah. I mean, Keith, your special, this will come up on, this will be up, posted on Tuesday. So your special will have just aired just your there, first yeah. hour, right? Yes, my first hour. On Comedy Central, produced by Kevin Hart. Yes. Called Back of the Bus Funny. Back of the Bus Funny. So I, <laughs> that tells me a lot about how you were in school, <laughs> doesn't it? That's all, because uh, all the rough boys was right in the back of that bus. And, you know, it was the, the gangsters, the, you know, the bad girls, the, you know, everything was going on in the back of the bus. If the cops came, they would go straight to the back and get whoever they needed. But so was funny at that time like a strategy for you? I just love funny. 
Funny was is something that I've had. You know, I used to tell stories about the electric man behind a television set when I was four years old. So I just, funny was a right. part of me. You so, just told stories. Yes, I love to tell the stories. You know, we've been uh, uh, past young projects, and my brother's going to be laughing. That's in Philadelphia. And we just, you know, we just laughed. That was our thing. Right. That was therapy How many of us. you were in the family? Uh, I have three, bro- two other brothers. Right, and it was you said it was the project. Yeah, ta- uh, past Young, then Tasker, but past Young Project, South Philadelphia, right up front. And so you were funny then, just to like get through the day, just to be funny. Yeah, I was and- just getting through the day, but my brothers is just so funny. They, we're, we're fun. They're funny. We're funny people. So I come from funny, and I don't know whether it was. And I don't even know. I didn't notice that I was in the projects at four. Sure, you're, yeah, you're just saying, wow, this is a nice place. <laughs> well, that's just, yeah, I mean, it's home. And yes. you're close with your brothers? Yes. My brother, uh, my, my middle brother, he's a minister, a bishop of a church, oh, actually. So he's still telling long, tell, yeah. tall tales. He's still telling stories. Yeah, he's still telling plenty of stories. Right. And, uh, but, do, you go, you know, do you watch him do his thing ever? Yeah, I watch him and I criticize him because he does me that way. So I watch him and I, you know, like. You give uh, notes? Yeah, I give him notes. Do you give him tags? I write him, I, you write him tags? Yeah, write, hey, man, there you go, right? <laughs> right. No, but you do. You'll go. Where does, where's his church? His church is in uh, South Philly, 20, what is it, 3rd, 22nd and Snyder. And does he, do they have kids, your, your brothers? Or yeah, yeah. Go? I got a lot of nephews. My, one of my nephews, uh, Daryl Robinson, plays for plays the drums for. Um, What's the one with the big hat? With the tall ranger. Pharrell? Pharrell, yeah. Oh, he that's plays great. the drums for Pharrell. Oh, how fun, man. So he's doing it. You know, my folks are doing pretty good. Oh, that's great. Yeah. But so you, you came out of Philly. Yes. You were back of the bus funny. Back all the time. Not a good student. No, of course not. If you're in the back of the bus, chances are, it's, it, no. Because I was in the back of the bus. I was in the back of the class. They had a seat set aside for me. In the back of the class, because they knew I didn't want to. I wanted yeah. to disrupt. Yeah. Why? Why do you? I mean, what do you think that was about? Because I mean, you're very curious. I mean, I. You know, you and I have met a few times. We don't really know each other. We have a lot of friends in common. Right. But everyone. I mean, you love having like long, inquisitive conversations. Oh, absolutely. I love to. I'm a fire start. I like to start a little bit, get people to, you know, to think beyond their, you know. Like with Brian Williams, everybody, well, Brian Williams, he's a liar, he's this. Well, a lot of people lie. Right. You know what I mean? What, does he lie worse than the cops? <laughs> Should he be held to more? <laughs> yeah, sure. But you think that was your attitude in school, yes. too? Was like questioning what, the authority or just whatever anyone wanted to say? Authority. I like uh, questioning authority. Yeah. And, but would you, at the time, like when you were a kid, I was, I was a, not a good student either, but it, um, sometimes it would scare me because I would know, like, I had this reality that. You know, I, I kind of could understand that there were consequences to these actions, and so that right. would ultimately pull me back from from the edge. But did you have a sense of it, or you? Just- we had to, you know, back when I was coming up, the teacher had something called the Board of Education, right? And she'd and give she you a nice give, whack. She'd hit you with, yeah, you get a nice whack. I right. took my whack like a man, bro. So those were the that was it. Those were the consequences <laughs> where I, you were going to get if you went too far, you get smacked. Yeah, you get a good one. Yes. Did you have a thought in your head, like, I'm going to do this from, I'm going to be funny, and I'm going to make this work for me? Is it- I thought about it, yes. I never thought that I'd be a doctor, you know, or you know, a lawyer or any of that goofy stuff. I just knew I needed to be funny. But I didn't know how. You didn't so I, know, like, how would one... How it was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to 
come to fruition. How that funny, you know, what do you do to be funny? Who were the comedians that you were looking up to then? Well, back then, I, of course, you, you know, it was Richard Pryor. Right. I had a hair of Richard Pryor, and I didn't even want to do comedy because I'm mean, like, this guy's too good. Right. It seemed he was so beyond, beyond what you could conceive of. My so mind brilliant. can't, I can't think like this. This is crazy. Look at this guy. And, you know, that was older, being older. I'm like, this guy is so good. That first special is still one of the greatest things yes. I've ever seen in my life. And, like, if people, kids, you wonder if kids really, they've heard old guys like us talk about him. Right. But you wonder if they really understand that, no. like, it's fall down on your face no, funny. No, they don't understand brilliant. how brilliant he was. Some people, and I think a lot of people still don't because they listen to the words, the, the you know, the, the profanity, and they go, oh, what are you, and they don't listen to the pro, uh, how profane he was. Yes, people look look at, and they don't listen to Black Ben and the Blacksmith. They don't know a whole lot of how intricate this stuff was. It was they just miss so, how profound, like, I mean, to me, that story, you know, when the dog would come across the yard. Yeah. <laughs> you know I'm going to be after you tomorrow. You know yeah, it's um, unbelievable. How do you do that? Yeah, how do you and create no, that whole world and that moment when he and the dog are quiet together? You can just see it. Like, and I was young, listening to the prior and laughing. Like, this this guy is amazing. Even I knew that he was amazing at 8, 9, or 10, 10 years old. Yeah, like, right. this guy is amazing. Right, so that was for you. Did you learn his routines? Did you start doing them yeah, at school? Yeah, no, everybody be in school just saying his routine. Right. Was the school been, mostly black kids? Yeah. Was it mixed? Uh, well, some of them, well, mostly black. Mostly black through the time by that. When I got to high school, it was mixed. Oh, so mixed in high school, but up till then, it was Yeah, it was straight, straight black. A couple of, you know. I never knew there was even Puerto Ricans still around or Dominicans to like 86. You didn't even know they existed. I didn't know they existed. I thought, you know, like, who that light-skinned guy? Right. You know, if I did see one. <laughs> That's Philly. Philly is so segregated and, and it's how, how it's set up. Right. And it's absolutely, we had Chinese people who I knew, and I only knew and accepted Chinese people or Asian people, should I say, through Bruce Lee. Of, as we, of course. I was a big, the that's cultural like, ambassador Bruce Lee. Like, you know, like, they're good. Well, I guess, I guess if Kareem was going to play with Bruce Lee, yeah. you, could, right, he was, you could hang with Bruce Lee. Yeah, we love Bruce, you know, in the neighborhood, everybody loved Bruce Lee. Sure. So, yeah. you know, when a, a Asian folk came through, we were like, no, they're all right. Yeah, man. Did you see someone put up a thing online the other day that went around like, "Would Bruce Lee really win in fights?" Just the other day, and I was like, oh, <laughs> "Come on, guys are like, I can't even, I, I can't even. It would, make, it would, I'd get angry if I heard that. That's what I'm saying. You would, it right? It just like, pisses of me off. That's Bruce Lee. He beats everybody. He started the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, even yeah, even Kareem. But uh, so you were there. So you didn't have friends who were white because so many of your fr- until no, you were, I didn't like, have friends. No. I didn't have white friends into comedy. Really? Yeah, that's that's when I, you know, because I came in, you know, I'm, I'm right, you know, projects, task of projects, whatever. And I want, you know, all I've seen coming up was a lot of, we, we used to have the biggest race riots of all time. Right. They had to call the National Guard into Philadelphia. You were in the middle of those? Yes. Song? I, was, I don't want to sound like Brian Williams. I was right in the middle. <laughs> I got shot seven times. Yeah, they took you in the riot cop, the <laughs> yeah, riot chopper above. They took me up in the riot, in the riot chopper. Um, but- no, but we would fight. Yes, I was a kid fighting. My brother tried to get us back, but it was a, it was some of the scariest things you ever seen because they were they were huge race riots, huge. How would you get so like? Yeah, I mean, I grew up in New York, but on Long Island, and like there was you know no chance that was going to happen where I was from. I, so. 
how would you get? I mean, you know, where I was from, maybe like uh, a couple guys from another school would want to start a fight with two guys from my school, and right. it would be like a fight. I mean, that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They would. No, this is a big all-out race riot. Yes. Yeah, so how would it happen? How would you get brought? In? How would you end up in the middle of? It? Well, you you pick up something. They throw rocks. You pick up a rock. I throw. I miss somebody. Hit my own person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. Because like, I couldn't throw that far. And you're like what? Fifteen? No, I was younger than when we when when the fights was going on. It's like nine, ten. Wow. Yeah. Right. Nine, so 10, that's 11. it. So you just thought sort of like uh, that was the enemy. Yes. You go. You look at it and go. All right. Because they used to have uh, Killer N Word Day. That's what they called. Really? Yes. Kill and, an N-word. That's like what was happening in Philly. Kill an N-word day, yes. Right. In Philly. And they had this thing called a 29. I mean, for hundreds months. of years, by the way, that was just every day here. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> the fact that it was down to, what, once a week? Yeah, just once a week. I mean, <laughs> in Philly, maybe that's... It's not bad. No but they would shake, you know, the, the trolley, where they, they had the thing, uh, trackless trolley. Yeah. And they would shake it, and then it would break, and they would go, come on a bus, and, you know... It was, it was, Philly was just bad. So, like, um, you were being funny and you were saying just to be funny, but it, I, I don't know, just from the outside here, and it sounds like um, at a certain point you realized, oh, this is a perilous sort of childhood. Yeah. Well, yeah, you grow up how you grow up because, you know, things happen how they happen. You know, my mom, she took care of everything. She made sure everything was good because my father, he passed away in 73. How, how old were you when he passed away? Uh, wow, I'm not telling you. Young. I was two. No. You were, <laughs> I was young. You were young. No, I'm 48, so you're yeah. a couple years older yeah. than I am. But yeah. I was, so I would have been seven. But you were like yeah. around 10-ish or so. This guy's good. You said, stop. You, you know, I together. like your skill set. So that was real good. How you where did we are. It. So here we go. Now, if you're this one, this makes me that. So let's go with it. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I'm 10. Around that. So, uh, oh, you, so you lost your dad at that age. Yes. I must have. So... And you're you know, old, yeah. My my dad, you know, he, he you know he he wasn't great, but he was he was good. He was a con man, you know. He and you know, it was you know I enjoyed that actually. He was a con man in what way? In other words, he go. When I tell his story, it's like he would go into a store. This is part of it with a twenty and a one dollar bill, and he end up coming out with. Maybe two hundred dollars, and they called. It was called. The game was called that they were doing. I think it started in New York called King Solomon's Game, and it was a bunch of like black con men just going around, you know, doing a confidence game. Yeah. So you know, he taught us how to, you know. I just, I'm, I've been, I'm so interested in. I, I want to. So he taught you what? Because I'm, I love cons. That's why. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 no, I mean those David <laughs> Mamet movies and all those cons. I write about this. Sh- I'm, I always want. Like I never heard of King Solomon. They call it King Solomon's game. So he taught you. Do you know how they did it? Well, it was what, called what you do when you go into like whether it's a, a convenience store, any store, and it's called putting the guy to sleep. So if I'm talking to you right now, I'm like, hey, give me change for this. Now put that back. Give me that. And by the time you you yeah. wake up, you're about two hundred dollars short. Right. That's in house. That's like in House of Games. That one you give the they break it down with the twenty. Yeah. And you give me change for that, but give me it back. And right. So then now they have forty, and they go to the next place. So he taught you at a young age. Yeah. What, well, would, he, go, what would he have we, you running? We would go watch him, and we were like, this is so so amazing that how hey man that and I he was just amazing with his mind. And you know, if he going to even if he went to a car dealership, he'd get a new car like it nothing. And he just come out with a new car. And we're like, uh, 
How did he do it? How was your mom about it? She snitched on him, but she sent him to jail because she got frustrated because he was, I forget what he did. He did something, and she snitched on him. And she, we used to have what they call rent parties. Sure. And my dad was master at cards. So he, we would sand the cards down, mark them, and all that. And he would play cards, and he was cheating. And my mom got so mad at him that she snitched on him there, too. Because he, he was amazing. What, Wait, what, but then she snitched on him to the other guys in the neighborhood that he was cheating at cards? Yeah, or to well, the she cops? caught him. Well, no, she snitched to the guys in the neighborhood. Oh, that so, must have been. <laughs> they, but all, come to find out, they all were cheating. All of them had cards on oh, that's there. That's great. Is that true? <laughs> yes. That's they were fantastic. all cheating. Mr. Right. Shep, Mr. Dino. You know, a uh, 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 black bill. Mr. Shep, we now know you were cheating. <laughs> listen, if you're, if you're listening to a podcast if you on your iPhone a, right now. Yep, black bill, all of them was cheating their ears off. How'd you find out they were all cheating? But you could, you know, when you Later. grow up, then you figure out, oh, they all were cheating. They all, all knew what them. everybody else was doing. Yeah, basically. my dad was just better than those guys. He was one of those, you know, one of the, because he would come to New York. He used to drive Billy Holiday around. Really? Yes. So, you know, they were in that era with the, you know, drugs and heroin oh, and yeah. all that kind of, of stuff. Course. But he was that guy because he, you know. We, so was I, he around a lot? Yeah, he was around a, a lot, but he just was a, you know, he was he was rotten. Like, he would give us money for our birthday, right? Give us $20 yeah. and then make us gamble it back to him. Oh, that's just that's <laughs> so wrong. That is so wrong. So we're like, uh, we're about to, we like try to hurry up and leave. Yeah, how would you boys like to double your money? We're like, oh no, nah, we're good. He said, no, nah, then play three cards. <laughs> that's like Donnie Brasco, Lefty, and Donnie Brasco <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> yes. Give the card, and then hey, you got a beaner I can oh, borrow. Look at you, boys. Your boys are winning. And then he he give it to us, and you know. Take the money. Take all the money. We're crying. <laughs> well, we try to run out and get our food be- before because we know that's what he's going to do. Right. At a certain point, you understand. Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. You're not even giving us birthday money. <laughs> How are you going to give us money? Your brother's older than you? My brother's older than me. My brother, uh, who's a minister, and my other brother. He was the one that stayed in trouble out of all. Your so old, oldest, oldest brother. brother, right. Because he was, yeah. a clo- I mean, closest in age to your dad. Had dad, the most time yeah, with him. The most time Probably over reacted and, a certain uh, way to it. He, you know, he's a guy that's been in, he, he's out now, he's better now, but he went in jail, I think, every decade, on a decade. He wouldn't miss a decade since the 70s of going to jail. Every decade he's in trouble. He wouldn't miss, it seemed like he said, I can't miss this decade. I want to see what the 80s are like in, in the penitentiary. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, uh, you know, it's an accomplishment at least. It's... Yeah, but he's, you know, he's out, he's doing a, a hell of a lot better now. They would always say that about, like, Gaylord Perry, the pitcher. Like, oh, the man. only guy to pitch in, like, you know, the 60s, 70s, yeah, the 60s. 80s, and then the 90s. Yeah. Well, that's oh, he's it. like he the Gaylord Perry yeah, yeah. of the penal system. <laughs> the penal. <laughs> but so he uh, – that's your oldest brother, the middle yeah. brother uh, thing. But what's interesting to me, so somehow two of you guys figured out the right lessons to take from – Well, we, we you know what I, I think is the right lessons to take is because we – had vision. You got to have a vision. But, you know, I was, you know, I was gambling, drinking at a young age, stealing cars. We would steal cars. Me and my brother, we we had a group called the Lord Gangster Supreme at like eight and nine. 
and we have a little, you know, uh, Bozzolini's, the hats, the, the yeah, velours. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we have them on, and we put an S in it. You know how to put an S in your hat? Uh, I know, but my you friend just, Chris Sullivan wears those hats. Yeah, the actor. And, yeah. And you, and you both imagine an eight and nine year old with a hat with an S in it, because it would stand for the Lord Gangster Supreme. Supreme. And my brother, who's the oldest one, was troublesome. He was like 14, maybe, at the time, something like that. He would go, yo, y'all want to be a part of the Lord Gangster Supreme? Go get us some, go get money. And get the gas money. We're gonna steal some cars, so we steal a car, and it, you had GM back then. And I thought GM, General Motors, man, they could start any car. So, <laughs> so I'm, you know, but my brother, we stealing cars, and we stole one car, and we got our hats on, and we crash, we crash into this guy shining his nice, beautiful Cadillac, and we start running. So the cops are chasing us. And my brother and them, they're gone. They leave me and my, you know, nine-year-old brother. I'm eight, he's nine. They're like, forget the other two, get the midgets. Because we had that. Oh, <laughs> no. Thought, yeah, they thought we had that, you know. And so had, what, did they get you? No. Did you ever get caught? No. Never God. got caught? Never went to, no, never. Early, early on, no. As much stuff as we did, we never got caught with it. They called us, we had to move to um, Federalsburg, Maryland, in like 76, because at one of the card games, my mom, you know, did a little something. She she <laughs> she she pops a guy under the table. She shot a guy under she, the table. She shot a guy under the table. And oh, your we, mother sounds like the cool. I mean, she, I'm sure she, there's a reason she for had it. to be. But I'm saying she sounds like she would do anything. Like she don't play with our kids and all that. She keeps our kids in, in check. Like the like back then, the the black mafia used to hide their drugs in the bricks in the wall. And my mom would see it. So she would take the drugs, right? She would take the drugs and say, look, if y'all want these drugs back, <laughs> and she'd make them pay her. Really? That, but they know her, though. They know her, you know. But she was, you know, she was one of those. Well, that's women. like an Omar move. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it wasn't like she was. I mean, she didn't go whistling down the street. <laughs> but my mom had that thing in her that she didn't fear anybody. What, what do you think made her that way? I don't know, because when they, my grandmother told me how her first fight was, because she wouldn't fight, until this um, woman messed with our food. And she beat the woman and actually took the food out of the woman's mouth. At, you know, because she, that, and that was that. You mean the woman had, came into your apartment and stole No, your... they, you know, little kids on oh, the, oh, on yeah, the yeah. step, on the stoop. Right. She, and my, my grandmother right. was watching, and she, the girl's like, hee, and she took her little candy, whatever, put it in her mouth. And my mom went in her mouth, took the candy, plopped it in her mouth, beat it, and then she was fighting from then on. But she was a woman. You know, most people say, I'm going to go get my dad. We would go, I'm going to go get my mom. And everybody go, oh, they're not Virginia. You know, and my mom was only like four, five. They called her shorty. And by her being four or five, I'm not that tall, but I always thought I was taller than what I was because she's like, well, you're getting so big. So I go to the basketball courts thinking I'm six foot four. And I, you know, because my mom sure, was so your small. your mother, and, and in your, to your mind, it didn't matter. She was huge, yes. you know, like the force of her being. Was yeah, huge. so with all that, you know, but my mom, she had to take care of everything. And that's why I think women, for me, are so strong. I look at women. I've messed with women a lot, but I, I respect women because sometimes they have to be stronger than what they should have to be. But I'm really interested. Yeah, I, that, makes, that makes sense to me. I'm really interested in this, though, that from both, it's like if you think about the way you're describing each of your parents, because, um, you know, when you ask people in the world of comedy about you, right. uh, you know, what, 
what always comes back is like nobody has looked after or taken care of been there more for struggling comics right. with like advice and help and a place to live and food and then also though um you are like uh it seems like a watchdog over the table at the cellar <laughs> right you don't stand for any crap yeah absolutely <laughs> uh you know I, I don't think you would be uh, calm if you saw someone stealing a friend's joke no and uh it's interesting do you feel like you have both of them in you in some way your your parents yeah you have to you have to you know what i mean you have to and you try to be whatever you don't want that that inner, because sometimes you can reach in that inner and get that. My my mom was really a gangster, and, and that you go, this woman is that is what they say is about that life. My mom was about that life. She had no fear in her. She go to the projects, kick doors in. Because my brother John, you mean looking was for your in. oldest brother? Yes, <laughs> yeah, because he was always sure. And she drew a gun with another guy, right face to face, because she was just fearless. And, and I, you knew this from a very young age. Yeah. You would watch all this. Yeah. We, we, my mom, we would go to different houses. I owed my mom money. She, you know, shoot the windows out or whatever. She, but the funny thing, she took us with her because she wanted us to feel safe. But mom, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, instead of leaving you at home. <laughs> yes. So she would have lent somebody money. Yeah, gave money at one of those rent parties or whatever. Somebody owed her money or whatever. But my mom, it, and it's not. As bad as I think people think it is, because that's the life that you live. Where are you at? You mean you didn't feel, you didn't know any different, so you I didn't, didn't feel particularly different. unsafe? Not at all. Not a little bit. Not, I a little. Did not a little bit. I never felt in fear of anything. I never, really never felt in fear of anything. My mom, we used to sleep with the door open. You know, right right in the, you know, wherever it was the right. projects or whatever. 31st and uh, time, we right up the door open like this. Because my mom was that feared in the neighborhood. And when she shot the person in Philly and you had we to go. We got on a Greyhound bus. That day? That night. We was run, I remember running. Wait, hitting. where were you? You got to set the scene. All right. The scene is uh, right then we're on um, Patton Street. Yeah. South Philadelphia and Patton Street. And I remember we heard it. Bam. My mom said, get, get the stuff. We got the, uh, the bags, plastic bags, put stuff in it, and ran through the alleys. Ways got on a, a, a bus to, to where Greyhound Did you know is. right away, oh, mom shot someone? No. I found out from my older brother. Wow. And we're on our way to Felsensburg, Maryland. We stayed there for, that's where I got a little accent from. We stayed there for like seven months. And did you go to school there? Yes. It was horrible. And you were yeah. like a, somewhere in your teens or something like no, that? No, no, not at all. I was like 10, 11. 10, 11 years old, and, and well, you had to go make, did you know any, did you have relatives there? Is that why you picked that no, place? No, we knew, my father, you know, we, it's from that area, but that was a long time. We lived with a woman named Twiddle, uh, Pepper Road, a place called Pepper Road in Fredericksburg, which is near uh, Easton, uh, whatever, it's way, but we would go there, and it was like a big house and nothing around but chicken coops and all that, so we try to make the best of it. And play on, run on top of the chicken roos and all that. Right, and totally we, different than where you came totally from. Totally different. City, we, inner city. city we're inner Philly. city, dude. So we go there and we You have walk. to root for the Baltimore Bullets? <laughs> no, not, that's not Baltimore. It's Merlin, Merlin, the heavy. But we would go there and we would look and we'd go, you know, we see bikes all over the place. 
So we're walking, and we see just bikes hanging out. So, of course, we stole a lot of bikes. It was like we stole must have been 20 bikes. They had a thing on the Federalsburg Express, whatever the newspaper was, Bike, bike bandits strike again. And you were the bike bandits. Yeah, we, me and my brother. Did you, your brother found someone to sell them to or something? We, no, we would just get them and, you know, see, because they just land around. Oh, you just joyride around. We'd never around. seen bikes that wasn't tied. It was just like, these bikes are free. And we would just get them, and we'd just get nice bikes. We would lay them in a, in a cornfield or just lay them in, and the cops came through, too. Have you written all this stuff down and done a Have you ever, like, Collected this stuff for like a one-man show? Oh, yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm just, because the stories are so great. My brother John has some of the best stories ever. It's, it's more like a movie or a TV show because it's so. Yeah, but you, with your gift for, I mean, you could, don't, yes, have you ever thought, yes. do you tell these stories on stage? Yeah, yeah, have yeah. Have you told so, them on stage? Yeah, some of them, yeah. But, it, it, you know, it's just like, um, I used to tell him when I first came, because I used to go on stage to Marvin Gaye's Inner City Blues and make you want to holler. Right. And But people didn't know that's what I felt at the time, because it's Inner City Blues. And I always knew, you know, like, what to say, or, or I didn't know the energy to say, because you need sure. it's patience. And a lot of crowds never have that patience. That's why I admired Pryor, because he had that patience. With his, you know, I'm like, man, if I, any quietness, it's like, ooh, your lips get dry and all that to, to, to tell a story. But now I think I, I can deliver the stories better now. Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, you're much, I was funny, I was watching uh, your half hour, or I was watching you um, from 2002, I guess your half hour was 2005. Yeah. But you're so much more calm now. Right. Yeah, uh, that's than what you it were is. Was, in 2002. Yeah. Where you could just feel, oh, this guy's super funny, but it's re- He's not comfortable enough right. yet, even though you've been doing it. Like, do you still do it? You still, that's the great thing about comedy. You can learn forever. You still learning. And I, you know, but I'm more comfortable with myself now than ever. Right. Yeah. I see you walk onto the stage now at the cellar. Yeah, it's like, it's you don't, whole you're different. so, I don't think yeah. you'd be worried at all about no, it. No, now it's like, science. man, I, I got it. I got the whole, but I did tell him because I told the story about, because like, like a lot of people didn't understand and like, how things are different now than it was in the seventies and how the attitude towards everything was different. And, you know, when we in, in Fredericksburg, we met a guy, a guy's name was, um, Fatsy Pope. Now Fatsy Pope was a con man, right? And, and he would, they, him and my brothers did a robbery at this store, Flu Hardy's, a place called Flu Hardy. But my brothers, they didn't have no weapons. They had, uh, Pliers. That's what they brought in. They brought, <laughs> but they tried to put right, it over yeah, back. Sure. But the women, they, the woman there, the old woman could go. She wasn't having it. She punched him, whop. And then he tried to, you know, <laughs> and she seen the pliers, pepper spray, <laughs> and they tried to run out. But uh, uh, Fatsy Pope just takes off. <laughs> he takes off. Oh, left him. Both your brothers? <laughs> no, just one, my oldest. brother, my oldest one. He was a troublesome one. Right. And he, you know, he did some time. That in, was the first time. That was his first, that was his 70s little thing. So when you went down there, uh, were you, did you make friends at the school? Because you were, were you able to be, were you no, funny? they called us, they called us city slickers. Oh. When we first came down, there was a lot of white dudes there. And, you know, you know, just early 70s and whatever. Yeah. A lot, real, lot of racist stuff. And a little white guy came up to my brother and us and, like, and myself and he just put a tray down, like, take this tray up for me. And we laughed at him. Wow. 
Wow. I said, oh, boy, you don't know. And we beat the brakes off this guy. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it, it was just a whole world where you go, oh, man, because it was different from us because it's the first time the, 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 the dominant person was a white person in the school. Sure, because where you were, people. you said it was we all... way out there. And we're like, oh, what's going on? Right. And But we could fight. So you would fight. You couldn't. You couldn't make them laugh. They weren't interested. I, wasn't, inter- I wasn't interested. In you weren't, and they laugh. weren't. Yeah, they were yeah, racist. We was, yeah, we yeah. were. don't. We would go down there. Though to be fair, we would go down there singing their songs that we, you know, all beep beep walking down the street ten times a week. Ugawa, right? This is black power. power yeah, <laughs> white boys destroy. You wear black gloves. You wear the black gloves to school. Gloves. We had the a air. black gloves, so we were, you know. So yeah, it was it was a it was that was a rough one though. Going to Federalsburg was a pretty you know it was a rough time. And and how'd you get to leave there? Uh, we just after everything cooled out, I guess we went back to Philly, and then we you know. And how, is your mom still alive? No, she passed away two thousand four. Oh, but you had a long time with her. She got to see you. Yeah, my mom. I mean, she I, got to see you get on television and do a yes, whole bunch of stuff. Yes, yes. I, my mom was the greatest. You know, she was she uh, uh, the greatest. I did. It's like here's the difference. Like I got arrested in the seventy nine eighty. It was a, one of the cops who with Mumio Jamal. I forget his name. Faulkner, Danny Faulkner. He arrested me one time. Uh, a cop? Danny Falkers, a guy named right. Mumi and Jamal. That's the one that Mumi and Jamal, they, you know, allegedly shot or whatever. Yeah. And me and Danny Falkner, we were, you know, he because I was down watching prostitutes, my usual. I loved watching prostitutes. I was like 17, something like right. that. And, you know, he took me down. Falkner, you know, punched me in the head. Whatever. It was a lot of stuff going on. And he took me downstairs and arrested you for what? Under just what? watching. I was watching, you know, and I always had, like, I, I come You would from, watch them going into the cars with guys? Or? I just I just love watching prostitutes and see what they were doing. Right. I just love watching them. So, and, I, and this is how much I depended on my mom. Now, that's what I say. This is say that I, I just, so I was there, and, and I got, you know, I'm, you know, I'm fighting, tussling and all that. They take me downstairs, and they say, oh, you're a tough guy. I said, wait till my mom gets here. <laughs> and they're like, oh, look oh, at mommy's awesome. boy. You, you, Mommy's boy, you waiting for us. And then you hear him says, where's my son at? I'll blow this whole so-and-so place up. And I'm like, I told you. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was just that, you know, my mom, she didn't play. That's she would go to the wall for our kids, and that's why we just depended on my mom so much. And what happened? That did you? Uh, was they that, they like let this get let out? This, yeah, yeah, <laughs> let this guy out. And did you keep getting in trouble for a period of time, or no? Yeah, I got in trouble with the police a lot because I go, we, you know, we From always, gambling or no, not even gambling, just mouth. Right. They stop me. I'm like, what do you stop me for? Next thing you know, I'm you know, I'm going in. And this is high school or just out of high, high school? school? Just out of high school, should I say. Were you, did you start doing stand-up then? Uh, I started stand-up at 20. So what were you doing those were you what were you doing those couple of years between? A couple of years between, I was a shoe salesman. Right. Uh, we were doing, you know, undocumented worker stuff. Right. <laughs> no, but were you also I mean, were you uh, were you actively like getting in trouble and stealing and stuff then? Or I stopped stealing. We used to steal from a place. Because uh, yeah, I want to know like what was the turn that made you stop? The turn, my grandfather. My grandfather was like, hey, because he know we we go to the Acme. 
or the A&P, should I say. And it was just, we would steal so much. We cut holes in our pockets so we could have more room right. to drop. We put, like, big coats on and then put more and then just steal and just steal. We would get so comfortable. We'd eat cereal in the middle of the aisle. Right. Like, you just, was a, wouldn't even wait to get no, home. No, not home. He would take milk just, <laughs> and just, you know. And, uh, you know, with the stealing of the cars and all that. So my grandfather said, hey, what are you going to be? I'm like, he said, you going to just sit there and do nothing with your life? And he just gave a great lesson. And I remember looking out the window because I was, I was drunk. I had, you know, I was had a Thunderbird back then. Whatever. I had Thunderbird, Tiger Rose. And I took a big, I was gulping it down and, you know, whatever, whatever. And I remember looking out the window and like, uh, huh, where am I going to go? What's really? going to happen from here? Where's this go? Where did uh, you start to think about your life? But that was like about really around 13, 14 that that came to my mind. You know, like, man, if I keep doing this, because every day, every weekend was the same weekend. It was the same weekend. It was smoking weed. Drinking, getting high, so become repetitious like Groundhog well, Day. The, yeah, I mean the examples you had. I mean, even obviously your mom totally there for you, but but living a life where she was gambling and she dealing gamble. with money problems and yeah. fighting people and I like that. Pull, right? No, yeah. <laughs> I was saying uh, I can't imagine the women that you must be like attracted to. <laughs> you, know. you must get yourself in a lot of trouble. Oh, dude. That's hysterical. I mean, no, it's like. But that's why I no from that. Oddly enough, I just know nothing but like strong women, right? With my sure. grandmother and all of them. But oddly enough, I, I just I really I tease women a lot. I like to get them going, but I love the strength of a woman, right? Because I think it's nothing like it. Well, it was a defining thing for you. Yes. So to watch all these women even doing comedy and da da da, I may mess with them and all that. But as you know, Amy, dumb Rachel, all of them, I, I, they don't know. I love those girls because I just love the strength of women. Right. No, it's clear they love you too. I mean, it's clear yeah. they love you too. Schumer said it on this sh- on this show, and her yeah. sister too. I mean, they're like arguing. They like being right, and they want you to be wrong yeah. when they argue <laughs> they with you. Me, but I, I really like annoying women. You you want annoying women around you. I want an, I want oh, to oh, annoy. you want to annoy them. I want to annoy them. Why? What kind of reaction are you looking to get? I don't know. It just feels good. You want them to pull a gun. Yeah, I want to. You do. <laughs> I think I want a gun. The first one you're going to finally marry is the one who actually pulls a I gun. I would like a pistol out. <laughs> yeah, you want to push it to the point that Rachel Feinstein, what's her last name? Uh, what's Rachel Feinstein? Yeah, that Rachel Feinstein, Feinstein pulls like a 45. Uh, four. Then you'll be happy, finally. <laughs> what, what are you doing? Yeah, don't mess with Chelsea Peretti could pull one. I love Chelsea, too. Me, too. That's, you know, she could show. But so you're 14 or something, and you start to think like, oh, I have to make a plan? I got to do something. I got to figure this out because I don't like what I'm seeing. And did you really stop committing Crimes, Not, then? No more. It was no more uh, stealing cars and all that. that. Then it was just like when as I turned eight, because I start. My uncle came to take care of us because of uh, to make sure we went to church, and that's how my brother became a preacher. Because you know we was you know we were wild we were wild men of Barneo, right? You know, but that's what it, that's what it was, and um, so we start getting more you know sense as far as what we're doing. My brother was still you know. He was older and out there. But, you know, he was trying the same con game as my father, but he wasn't as good. You right. Know? Your father obviously had, like, a tremendous amount of charm because yes. pulling those kind of cons takes an unbelievable amount 
of likability. They had a picture of my dad. You know, they would put a big picture of him. And a, this guy, if this guy comes in, and like a nice, not even eight by ten, a poster. This guy's not to be allowed. <laughs> right. And he can still walk in. And he's still covered sunglasses or whatever. Hey, how you doing, man? <laughs> I love that more than anything. I just love the fact that he could do it. Man, he, I bet you he would have gotten such a big kick out of the fact that you're getting over telling jokes for your life, supporting yeah, yourself. Yeah, my dad come around is this thing. He'd have a lot of money. Because right. money, like in the, in, the, in the rap business and how things go, it's just money laying around. Right. So no, that's easy. He would have liked. He would have liked all of this. this <laughs> he would have been, been good. rubbing his head. So you, you're 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 around eighteen. You start going to church. Yeah. Did it mean something to you? You know, I went to church until eighteen. Ah. And then I got thrown out of church. Well, your uncle came sooner than that. Started. Yeah, my uncle came sooner than. And then we going back and forth and back and forth. And then, you know, we were in church. We're in church. Philadelphia Revival Temple. We was in church. And then we got tossed out of church. I got tossed out for what? Teasing. Right. Same thing. And then you start doing selling shoes. Then I start selling shoes, going back out partying and all that. But I never – I stopped drinking for a while, a long time. No drinking. Oh, did you realize that drinking led to all Yeah, drinking behavior? was bad. For, yeah, it then. was bad behavior, different things. So drinking was out. And did you have, like, a girlfriend or kid or anything then when you were doing no. the shoes? So you were just, like, working a regular job for yeah, a couple of years. Just a regular job for a few, and, 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 you know. And I, I couldn't do it. I knew I wasn't a nine-to-five guy. They had, uh, what did they have, inventory. Like, we're going to stay overnight and do inventory. And it's like, and I'm like, and then all I see all these shoes. I say, ah, that looks about 24. And I just. Oh, no. <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it. And then, like, this guy's got to be the dumbest guy I've ever met. We got to get rid of him. And he ended up firing So you him. wouldn't keep those jobs no, very long. Them, yeah. And then did you know, like, I got to try the stand-up thing? Was it scary? Yes, I wanted to try it. for, And it was very, it was a, it was a scary and greatest thing I've ever done. What happened? How'd you do it finally? I finally did it. I went down to the Comedy Factory Outlet in uh, Philadelphia. And I was 20 years old. And they said, you can't get in unless you're uh, 21. And I'm like, ah, good. I, can't, I don't have to do it now. And the guy said, what are you doing? A guy named Dennis. Like, what are you doing? I said, I want to do comedy. And I picked it. I picked number three. Because you had a, what they call yeah, a lottery. Yeah, a lottery to see if you can get out. Yeah, and, 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 and I went on. It was like magic. I was I don't know what it is to be addicted to a drug but that's what it was it hit something scientifically where I said I can't go without this right away right away that you, first time did you I kill that I first said, time I did okay but you just but I'm like this is this is it this is a perfect fit this is where I I belong here at all my journey through whatever this is where I belong nothing else gave you that high nothing it was like even something. watching like the prettiest hooker that you could watch. No, I love that, you know, because look, believe me, I thought I was when I went to watch hookers, I thought I was going to be a pimp. Right. You know, but of course I had it all. You were wrong. studying games. So that was just studying game yeah, for you. Yeah, basically. Was game. <laughs> you were studying film. Before. They had me down there doing chores for them. I thought, hey, if you did chores, you, you graduate up to a pimp. So but not even that. It was just this was a whole different main line. This was like right into the. It main. was right there, and I'm like, this is where I belong. I finally, boom. At was at an open mic. Yes. And did you, and so what happened when you got off that stage? Did you did you watch the uh, like what what happened? I was so excited that I I mean I I ran I I, I ran I had I think I had to walk home. 
because I didn't have no money to get back on the bus. When I, I whatever I got home, and I was like, I walked from a uh, third and Chestnut to thirty first and uh, where were we living? Third, no, yeah, thirty second and uh, Dickinson. How long ago was that? That was a long time ago. In the 80s. A, that's a long walk, I'm saying. Oh, the, the walk? Whew, that was a nice walk. And just you were just the whole way. But I, didn't, hike, I, the I whole was so way. high, I didn't even notice I know, it. I know. That, yeah, it's incredible. It was when you find something that you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I, I, I can't even describe. I, I just know it had to be what people feel when they do a certain drug and they go, I got to have it again. And that's what it was. I had to. When's the next one? Well, and had you written? Uh, well, basically, when you were setting up to do it, had you tried your material out on friends? Did they know you were doing it? Or no. did you just go on your brothers now? I just went on my own. Had you written stuff out? No, this guy, I wasn't going to go, and this guy played a song called Let Me Have a Dream Without Being a Dreamer. And, I, and it just, boom, it hit me so hard, Let Me Have a Dream Without Being a Dreamer. So I've been just sitting in a room, because I'd be in my room pretending it's concert stuff. Oh, I was you were dreaming. doing like the Rupert Popkin in the room. Yeah, I'm like the- in there just dreaming all the time. And then my man played this song for me for whatever reason, and, I, and it just stuck, and I said, I got to go do it. And then when I did it, I told him I finally did it, and it, and you know, what a deep thing that is. Yeah, they, just to hit you, and you were actually able to recognize it. I mean, yes. that is one of those. You know, I'm fascinated by like moments in people's lives like this. Why the show's the moment, but that's incredible. Like you literally heard a song, it sunk deep. Deep. It had led all these other things that had happened up to this point. Made you like no, and then you just went. Did went you from there after that? I, I couldn't hold back because I knew I was in my room all the time dreaming about being I, something. Uh, not a stand-up, though? Yeah, you- well, uh, some, something in entertainment. But I knew I was searching comedy out. But I'm like, how can I do it? And I would look. I look at all this, the, the HBO specials. I seen Seinfeld uh, on the Daniel Field. I seen all these guys on these specials. And I'm like, okay, all right. Now how do I do it? How do I approach it? Where do I find this place at? And I was looking for the through the Daily News, and I seen open mic night. And I took a breath. I'm like, oh, oh man. But then when that song hit, I, I, I couldn't even delay no more. I'm like, I got to go. You couldn't deny your own thing right. to yourself. So you did it. And did you start going back to that place or to other places too? Did you meet to, other comics then? It was on, back in Philly. It was only two of them. It was the Comedy Factory Island and the Comedy Works. Right. And which one was Big J at? Big J was at neither one of those guys. That was late, so yeah, later that was on. Early, that was too early for those guys. Okay, yeah. Big J, uh, as I call him, dummy, was halfway butt naked in a, <laughs> at a place called the Laugh House. Right. Because I stopped through and let me see what's going on in Philly. And I was like 99, I seen those guys. I was already, you know, I'd had my deals and all that, deal with Disney, been in, a, you know, Rebound right. or whatever, different stuff like that. And I, you know, I had some flow already. Right. And I look and I seen Big Jam. This guy's funny. Then I seen Little Kev. I'm like, ah, Okay. And I talked to him. Big well, yeah. J didn't believe nothing, of course. Big J, that guy's nothing. He's full of it, man. He don't know no David Tell. Huh. He was saying Jim Brewer, really? He knows Jim Brewer. So, oh, that, well, so but we'll get to this because so you you uh, just because you know those guys. I mean, it's funny you call him dummy, but I mean, he talks about the fact that you basically inspired him to stay in comedy when he yeah. was gonna. I mean, you you gave him, told him to get on a plane and go. Right? I mean, right. you. Uh, you let them crash on your couch. Yeah. Everybody can do whatever. You know, they, we, we drove up and down from Philly. But uh, you start doing these two. So just you had these two clubs, two yeah, nights a week? Or was it, were they open every Factory night? Outlet. Comedy Works was on Wednesday. Comedy Factory Outlet on Thursday. 
You would gear your whole week towards these things? I'd be waiting. I was almost crying. I wanted to do it. So I wanted to do comedy so bad. And you weren't getting paid yet? No. No. How long till you were getting paid? Like, I ended up starting to work at the Comedy Factory outlet. What were you doing there? At the door, too. Going there, you know, right. at the door and uh, seating people. And, and uh, that's how I got a little money. And I was happy because it was weekend work. I was there on a weekend. And sure. I was watching a weekend where you see, you know, I seen Dom Herrera. Right. You know, big I seen all these. I seen the New big York, guys yeah. out there. I, you know, from the guys from New York was the guys you wanted to see over the. I seen uh, Jay Leno over at the the Comedy Works, which is one of the best shows I've seen. Right, and people don't know how good he was back he then. He was a beast. He was a monster back and then. And I, I was like this, and I got depressed again. I'm like. I'm watching Jay Leno just pound the crowd's dumb heads in, yeah. and I'm looking at this guy like, wow, this guy's amazing. You know, and just to see amazing people. Sinbad, same thing. And I'm with my girlfriend. I know I skip all over the place. No, but it's fine. Sinbad after Star Search or before Star Search? After Star Search. So he was Sinbad. He was a big star. He was star. Sinbad. This was like 87. It was Luther right. Vandross and Anita Baker. And I'm with my girlfriend, mouth off. This guy's, uh, he's nothing. I'm telling people this guy's nothing. I'm telling my girlfriend, please. Who is this guy? He's some star search guy. Oh, he's corn. Not knowing that I would do star search sure. a few years later. And I'm like, ah, forget Sinbad. And Sinbad went on that stage before Anita Baker and Luther Vandross. And I was like, it was like eight that spectrum, 18,000, 20,000 people. Sure. He leveled that place like I've never seen before. Destroyed I'm it. sitting out. And my girl is like, I thought you said he wasn't funny. I'm like, I did. I didn't know. <laughs> But and where were you? So you're you're you start you're doing it. You're seeing these comedians. And did you come profet- at the, How long did it take you to become sort of like a working a working comic? Eighty nine, eighty eight. So a few, how many years is that? Like, you are a smart guy. Well, I'm just trying to figure how no, long no, it, it took, took you. No, I started in eighty four. So eighty. Right. Yeah, it took. Yeah, me I'm not that trying to. I, 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 no, I no. By the way, you care about hiding your age way more than I give. A about what your age is. I don't care. No, no, I don't. I'm just trying to put put on how long, because, you know, the fact that it mattered so much to you, I think is part of why you were able to quickly become. Yeah. You no, know, I wanted to be around. I still want to always be around comedy. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I, I just always want to be with you like, comedy. So you were, were you, you, at this time as you were building it, was that a, like a happy time for you in a yeah, way? Yeah, just being around comedy. When you discover something that you yeah. love, yeah. there's nothing like it. Because, you you know, everybody, I think people's journey is to search for something that they, and a lot of people can't find. Something that. that allows them to just be their authentic self. Yes. Who you really are because you're doing a thing that you really care about. Right. Because I really care about comedy. Like, I, in the shoe store, there's no way you nah, could really be who you miserable. were. It would be big transvestites coming in trying to try on 10 shoes and stuffing that big ashy foot in them. And I'm like, uh, and I got to look at it. Hey, hey, daddy, this fits all right. I'm like, oh, boy. And you know, so I, I I don't fit in there, right? And did you did did were any older comics or did anyone sort of look at you and say you can do this, or did you just sort of take That's your own? That's the whole thing. I had to learn everything on my own. It's like Why? How? Because there was nobody around to really go do this, don't do that. You know, so you you made a lot of mistakes on your own. So you it, had to learn the whole life. You, the there was whole, nobody older you found who took an interest in you or no, you. No, I see what I, the funny thing about it is I started stuff in Philadelphia. I started something called comedy express where it was a group of black comics. There was another, no, it wasn't enough black comedy. So I started a group called comedy express. where We start to book places and 
book tours, got on a radio station, got a TV thing out of it. And who would that be with you and who else? Me. And I brought Wanda Sykes did it, did our shows, a guy named Warren Hutchison. I know exactly who Warren, yeah. That's my man, you know, through the years. Warren, Ralph Harris. Yeah. You know, we, we had a group back then. I got the group, you know, they, and I was the guy that put those groups together. Warren was on TV together. all the time. I mean, he was on yeah. TV all the time back then. When I, well, in the 90s, Warren, because he was in Baltimore at the time. Tony Woods. So it was a group of us just going around putting shows together. But so you had to sort of figure out, okay, yeah. how am I going to – how am I going to make this like a bi- uh, business or like a yeah, life that'll work? I wasn't never going to be the guy. I'm never going to be the guy, should I say, that's uh, left out. It ain't going to happen. I'm a figure. I'm a chess player. So eventually, right. I'm going to figure out where it's supposed when to be. When were you a competitive chess player? I played I, in, from uh, what, junior high. Right. Yeah, I knew that. I read that about you. But it's interesting. You, you know, you tell your story yourself. You're robbing the uh, AMP, <laughs> but you're leaving out the winning chess tournament. Yeah, part. no, we would. You know, we did. Uh, we did a lot of stuff. Which plays into the whole. I mean, you know, you're there in school, busting up because obviously, like those people weren't able to recognize that you were a smart guy. Right. But you you had to know certain things about yourself because you saw. Oh, I can. I can compete in these various ways. I know I'm smart enough to figure. Yeah, it out. I can figure. But my teacher, my English teacher. Uh, she all Miss Harris, she's she wrote such a a great thing about me, and you know she said Keith is just a, an amazing person because she's seen that that thought process was always there. So she knew. Yeah, Miss Harris was the one that, and you know she she I tried to hide from her, but she would always she seemed like she could look right through me, and I'm like. Ugh. Stop looking at me. Right. But she was that good of a person. It's another strong woman. Yes. But that's why I'm saying women yeah. they're amazing to me. So you do the you do these shows and when do you make the the leap to starting to come down to New, up to New York from To Philly? New York now to come to New York. I used to come to New York. I came to New York the first time like eighty six, eighty six. So oh so right at the beginning of your comedy career. Yeah, I came You out came to, to New give York. it a try. Yes. Now, here's another thing, the funny thing, but I'm I'm Philly and making four hundred a week. I'm feeling good. You know, it's no money, but and, and I'm making this money. Yeah, but it's four hundred you're earning doing do it working at a comedy club, comedy doing club. comedy, yes, and it it's a, it was amazing. Now, now here's the reason I came up. Now, Ralph Harris, Ben Warren was had moved to New York. It's like nineteen ninety. Warren is up there. Ralph is up there. And then, come on, man, you got to come to New York. I'm like, get out of here, man. I'm making money. I'm doing good. Right. And so I'm laying. I'm with my girlfriend at the time. We're, you know, blockbuster videos is hot right now. And I'm just watching, going to the mall, eating popcorn, seeing a movie, maybe do my show, uh, plopping a videotape, look at some TV. So I'm watching TV and uh, I'm sitting back on TV, a comedy, uh, what's it, in, LA, in, in Los Angeles. Laugh, the comic strip live. Right. The TV show came out with all the comics. And they had Warren Hutchison. And my girl did that. Ralph Harris. Oh, wow. And I'm sitting with my girl. She said, why aren't you on TV? I'm like, because I'm sitting here with you. Huh. And that was it. Really? Yes. That's it. It's just certain things that stick. Like, you know, we get the, we get our messages. Take them. Because she said, I'm sitting here with you. I'm like, Ugh. it felt so bad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like. So you said, that's it, I'm going to New York? Absolutely. Did you move? I waited. I called Wanda. I said, yo, we got to move to New York. She said, well, well, let's just go up there then. Then we go back and forth for a while. And then she said, Keith, I'm getting married. I'm in love. I don't think I'm coming to New York. I said, what, are you crazy? And then she called me back maybe two months later like, 
I'm ready. Let's move to New York. And then we moved to Jersey, of course. And did you sense one? Because you've had this when, you know, I had Russell Peters in here and we talked at length and he talked about you so much, uh, as has Kevin publicly and Big J. And then you say this Wanda thing. Were you this cool and, and helpful and encouraging to uh, a whole slew of people? Or did you somehow have an eye for people who were special and just needed it do you think I, you know i think i think you you're nice i'm nice to, i want to be good to everybody i don't want to be respectful of persons i just you know wanda i just knew Wanda. people who made me laugh like that right it is that yeah you knew wanda, wanda would... she's like right up there we go at it hard we used to play video games to four in the morning five in the morning i mean she's a hilarious i mean she's a hilarious I knew, person though, but i didn't know that Wanda was funny as ever from the very beginning. I'm like, this girl is super funny. Right. And just how she thought. And now, you and she were coming up together, like kind of at the same level as each other? No, I was, I was, I, Wanda used to open up for me. So you were ahead of her yes. there. Yeah. Uh, but you recognized something in her. I recognized and you said, like, she come was to a monster. Me, come yeah. in, come to New York. And as she, yeah, she came to New York. And then she, I remember, you can remember when a lot of comics hit their stride. And I like seeing that too. That's always encouraging to see a comic. Yeah, you. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to understand. What is this bit? Because you were not a big brother. You had big brothers, right? But you somehow have been a big brother to all these people, right? Why do you think that happened, or how do you think that happened? That you became this mentor to to so many people. You know what I think? Because I, you know, because I come up before him, and I seen. Like I said, I'm a chess player, so I seen all the things and say, well, how can I do that? That's why. You know, I was able to start the group comedy, and, you know, that turned into somebody East Coast Express where everybody brought in the big singers, big rappers. We brought so you were rappers. promoting all these rooms? I'm promoting and How all many rooms that. did you have? No, I wasn't promoting a lot of rooms. We would do, like, uh, the Leah Core Center. We'd do, yeah. like, 4,000 seaters. Wow. Because we're bringing in the yeah. big, but my thought And you would produce the was, show. You would yeah, be an act. You would emcee it, close Sometimes, it, and, yeah. or, and then Sometimes, but it was my. It. it was under my... Right, the whole thing it was under that thought process. So, because I never, like I said, I don't, I never wanted to ask or be under anybody. I don't want anybody to think that you're the reason of anything. And I never thought in that manner that somebody can stop me because of right. who they were and what they thought they were. So I just, you know, I felt like I can do it myself. And with you know Wanda, you know me and Wanda, like brother and sister, we go at it just like that, you know. And and with like Russell and uh, uh, how did it? Well, I met Russell on when I did a Rebound, a movie Rebound, the Earl Menegot story. Yeah, I met him in Toronto, and Russell's just a good dude. He's just Cheetle's a nice, in that he, movie too. Don Cheetle's yeah. the goat. But I was so stupid. Don Cheetle came to pick me up, and like, hey man, I'm like, hey, are you a new actor too? But he was on Saint Elsewhere. Wow, he was he was in uh, what's that? The one with Denzel? And you didn't? Yeah, Saint Elsewhere is Denzel. I, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you didn't know that Cheadle was this great? No, I didn't know nothing. Hey, you knew too? But he was such a good dude. He's, He's like, the best. No, man, I. He just did. He like this idiot. And I, but I was like, hey, man, what? Was Eric LaSalle directed that. Right. Oh, yeah. sure. Right. Eric LaSalle from ER. Yes, from ER. Yeah. But it was it was a great experience. So wait, there, so you so. got rebound, and Russell was in rebound. No, no. Russell was hanging around. He was oh, because he was in Toronto. He doing... was a guy that was around. So we all went to the uh, Wu Tang uh, uh, Clan uh, concert together. But what made you say to him like, 
Uh, what I'm trying to understand is like this generosity that oh, you have. I tell him, I just say, yo, man, come on to New York. He's a good dude. He came to New York. We, we, we came to, you know, Jersey. We honored me. At this time, it was me, him, and Patrice in the house. And, uh, you know, so we so all. So you and out. Patrice had the house together. Yes. And uh, you said uh, you guys just let Russell hang yeah, out. Yeah, Russell's sleeping on the couch. Russell's on the couch. Because he says you got, him on, you got him stage time, too. Yes, I give, what, took him around, got him stage. He took a good beating. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> said. That, he took a, a nice, sweet beating. Did and, you uh, think he would, by the way? Did you think absolutely. He'd take a it made me happy. Okay. Now, <laughs> you wanna, did you watch? Of course. <laughs> it's nothing better than watch a comic taste his own spit. Oh, man. So. Right. You know, but it, it was great. All these guys, we just, I've had a great time with my friends. Right, and Kevin, Kevin too, though, Kevin right? Kevin too, yeah. They're, they're my younger guys, though. They're my, right. they, they, Kev is my young guy. I yelled at, I yell at Kev. Right. I would yell at Kev, like, oh, hey, You mean stupid. you would see him making mistakes in the yeah, business? Yeah, I yelled at him all the time. I still yell at Kev. And so how does it, uh, when, when his world exploded? And it felt great. Yeah, it must have felt. It felt great because he started calling me because it was it was very strategic, just dealing with Kev. Kev was you know like hey nah hold back don't do that don't do this right now get back pull that back da 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 da. da you mean as this was all going on you're giving him advice and advice talking and to stuff him stuff about what to do what not to do don't mess with that guy mess with this guy do this da 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 all right because I've been down that road so right. I know that alley you get jumped in that alley don't go down that alley they jump people. Go down this way. It's right. easier. So, and I told him, you're going to be that dude. You're going to, because it's time now. You're going to be a guy, that guy. And, you know, he just started pushing and pushing. And when Becky was the guy, then I'm like, right, that's the guy you should mess with. Right. Because Becky, you know, had, had a little vision Dave about Becky, himself. Dave Becky, the manager. Yeah, Dave Becky. Who had was little... figured out for, with Louie and yes. also. And uh, so it's been totally rewarding for you to see this. Yes, know. it's absolutely. It's, you know, because... You know, the, when you put a plan in, in place and it works, there's nothing like it. When you put something down, it's like a coach. Right. You know. When, but a lot of people get have bitterness attached to it in a way. No, man, because it's never been me for whatever reason. That's not, Maybe that's the church side that came out. There's never right. been a, oh, why? Yeah, I don't care about none of that. I, I, you no, know, you're I, doing this thing that you love. And I love this thing. I really love it. So it's just like. You know, I, you know, yeah, I, at the same time, you get a laugh. At, so, like, you know, Russell comes to New York, you put him up, you find it hilarious that he oh, bombs. Oh, it's beautiful. But then you, you didn't then just send him on his way. Like, he said no. he came back a bunch of times yeah, and you kept back, trying yeah, to help him. Of course, that's my man. And did you, when, when he blew up, did you find that, like, how did that, were you surprised when that happened? You know, when Russell blew up, I, I, we was in San Francisco. Me and Wanda Sykes was inside. Yeah. We would perform in the sound. They said, Russell uh, Peters here. I'm like, who? Russell Peters? Yeah, it's 8,000 seater. 8,000 seater? What? What? Right, because like, it was out of no. Totally. Yeah, it was like 8,000 seater. What is he doing? 8,000 seater? Had you seen him get good or you hadn't seen him get I good yet? Seen, no. And I'm, all of a sudden, I, Russell's that dude. And it was like, whoa. I just wanted to see him at um, Madison Square Garden. Recently. Yeah, he that's he did this. Show. I thought it was amazing there. Yeah. I love them at Madison Square. Did Garden. you hang the whole night at his party? I went to the party, party afterwards and, the whole and all thing? that. But I, 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 that's why. I mean, for me, I think the biggest thing when you meet friends and and folks around, that's the biggest thing. 
for me. And I, I, I've had a great time with my friends. It's Jim Norton, Rich Voss, Colin Quinn, all those guys. I've had a, a, an amazing time with all my friends. Well, yeah, I, so when, I want to talk about just a, a couple more things. But when, when, you, uh, when you came to New York and then broke in at the cellar, which is yes. what you're talking about, and you started at Boston. Was Barry Katz running Boston Yes, then? of course. And yep. then you went to the to cellar. To the cellar, yeah. Uh, when you started, because you know the the I, I've had for my whole life. I, I don't know if you know this, but Havy, Alan Havy's um, and I are best friends. Right. He's uh, you know generation of, older than I am, but I was twenty one when I moved to the city in eighty eight, eighty nine, and Alan was the king. And we had met before that, and I, he would bring me to the cellar with him. I would hang out most weekends with him in like. 89, 90, 91, I would just hang with him at the cellar. So with him and John and all those guys, I would watch. And, uh, the the table, so ever since then, and then you know, then they would just sit kind of anywhere, but then the tables got formed around when you were really... Yeah, we were, we were the guys that came, we were loudmouths. It's hard to... And, and, and the table is like, uh, in the comedy world, the, the table that the comedians who work the comedy cellar on McDougal Street sit in it is like the center. It's like the conscience and brain and center of the comedy yeah. world, I think, right? Because you had that, you know, the guys were going at it so hard. And you live there. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So did it mean a lot to you then, or did it just start then with you guys? No, we just, it was the same thing. You know, when, when you get funny guys together, no matter where, that's the table. That's whatever. When you see Jim Norton, Rich Voss, Patrice together, there's going to be something going on. You know, so you see, you know, and then all of us get together. Then you, boom, you, Bill Burr was set at the bar. We smashed him so good one time. It was legendary. And and uh, so was it through you guys that the whole idea of being invited to sit there was because like how do you you know a young comic who comes through and just gets passed at the cellar I don't know how do you deal with it like you know, how do you think about the whole how thing? do the young comic we would we of course we would bash anybody anybody <laughs> came through we bashing them. They're getting right. bashed. They got to understand, especially Big Mouth Patrice there. When Patrice was there, we go. it's going to be something. It's going to be trouble. It's not going to be a good time for that poor soul. Right. Because it's just going to go around. We're going to bash What does that someone have to do? To, or like, how did my buddy Dan Soder, how did he earn his place at the table? How come he can go? Uh, he earned his place at the table because Patrice wasn't there. Loud mouth Patrice. Because Patrice, all the we. we that opened the floodgates? Yeah. When Patrice more, passed on, that Patrice opened. passed on, it was nicer to for folks to come in. But they still get it. But they, they don't get the full Monty because Patrice was so loud and whatever, you know, and it's just like, oh. Right. And, you know, do you feel uh, some, uh, you know, because people do say, like I said, the two sides of it, people say that you definitely still go after folks there. Yeah, we go after them hard. But Patrice is just... He was the uh, he was the extra thing that you need. If you have Patrice and Nick DiPaolo, two of the meanest men in the business, going at you, it's not fun for yeah, you. Yeah, I only met Patrice a couple of times <laughs> in my life, and uh, he was always nice. The couple times I met him, he was nice to me, but uh, I knew that um, I had to be careful. And uh, if people, I would just if people don't know who Patrice O'Neill was, I mean, he was, you know, pretty much all the comedians would have said at the time he was the funniest person walking around. There's an incredible article on him in new york magazine yes yes and yeah. then he did a podcast with Marin and one with jay moore both are great and right. like if you find, can find them people should listen because he was a beautiful soul yes and like absolutely. the funniest person he was that guy that had that um that vibe about was he your best friend he was one of my best friends he was one of my we were roommates for a while like patrice was younger than me 
So Patrice had to, you know, he had to, you know, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of things. So, you know, he was, you know, he was a right, young but, guy. But he would also the same kind of thing where he would, you know, Gary Goldman talks about that Patrice would, you know, as tough as Patrice could be, like they would drive together to shows and he would take care. Patrice did, you know, yeah. took your example and he would take care of guys. Yes, too, yes, in the yes. Way that you Patrice was a, uh, that's what people didn't know about him. He was a good dude, too. Besides everything, he, you know, he wasn't as, ah, uh, like not, none of us are. I was a bigger pain in the butt than Patrice, actually. Oh, uh, yeah, but when you did it, it probably didn't feel as bad somehow. Right, Patrice's voice just carried. So I would say something to Patrice, like <laughs> instigate him on, and then he'd go, what, where? Over there. Oh, <laughs> no, then, right. Know. Oh, yeah, so you were like the Henry Hill, and he yeah, was like. Yeah, yeah, I'd go, and, you know, yeah. it's a video He was on, like Tommy, basically. It's a vi- <laughs> You're going to let him get away with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, Patrice yeah, is yeah, shooting yeah, him. Yeah, and he'd go. If you, it's a video of us all outside of Boston. It's Kevin. It's Big J. Uh, Patrice, Voss, Florentine, all, and you could see the whole spectrum high. Everything really weren't. Well, it, now, now your uh, Saturday night. So this is going to go on up on Tuesday. So a couple nights ago, um, but you've already filmed it. I know Kevin. Did Kevin produce? Yeah, he produced. Kevin Hart it. produced your hour long comedy special. He that's going to be my on. Hour, yes. And so, does this feel like a big deal to you to have this hour coming out on Comedy Central? All right, I've been doing it so long. It's all right, you know. It's but it's your first hour. I mean, it is the first hour. Yes. Yeah, it is. You know, I'm never that. I just don't. I, anything. I'm always like, okay, what's next? It's always what's next. Sure. You know, I got. I, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the Colin Quinn's cop show. It's hilarious, by the I way. I love that. It's cop show. <laughs> hilarious. You guys have filmed all eight of them already. Yes. It's, it, 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 it's just for me. That's. I love that. And that's on the Lexus channel, right? You can find yes. it if you search for cop show. Yeah. Online, the first episode is up. Maybe the second the will be up episode, by the time this yeah. comes out. Um, and uh, it's you know Colin. Uh, and Keith are um, uh, partners on a cop television a show. Cop television actors show. on a cop television show. Together. It makes me laugh. Do you get to so do? Do you do more as the yes, show goes yes, on? Yes, 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 yes. It's pretty good. It's um, pretty good. But the pilot's real funny. The pilot, yeah. great on it. And then you have the special. Was it fun? You did that special, and I know a lot of your friends were in the audience. Yeah, everybody was there. Where'd you do it? At Gramercy Theater. Did it at Gramercy. Two shows. It was the first one was like, oh, my God, I see Chris Rock in the audience. I'm like, oh, boy. So, you know, you see Chris in the audience. I got to be that's a big I gotta be on you. point. Yeah, I got to be on point. Kev there, you know, Wanda, Amy was there. Everyone came out. Yeah, it was that good. That must have felt awesome to you. Yeah, it was good. You know, it, it, it is good. You know, you. It, I guess that's what I'm interested in. Is like you did build this community for yourself. I seems. like the community. It's a great. It's a great community of uh, comics. Are a great community anyway. They come through for you. We're pain in the neck and all that. But you need anything, a comic will come through. You need money raised, whatever it is. Comics are giving people for the most part, and I and you know I, I love that. Yeah, I wonder if that's part of what drew you to this world. Or maybe, I, I don't know that I think comics are always like that. I think the community people you're around are like that. Right, well, the community, I, I just, I I love uh, comedy and I love comics. You know, I, I, I like to see everybody doing well and having a good time most of all. And do you still, uh, is it still possible for you to find like one of these younger people and help them and mentor I, them? Or do you think now that's you know what, Kevin's the, job and Jay's job and all those guys' jobs? I keep getting, I got another crew. I call it my Young Money Crew. Oh, you crew. do? Now you have a whole other I got a, the Young Money Crew. It's, you know, Monroe Martin. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, Chris Cotton, who's on uh, Artie Lang's podcast, and Monroe Martin is doing his thing. Derek Gaines. I meet these guys all the time. They seek me out, and, uh, and I'm like, all well, right. I've heard that you're Yoda, basically. I know. Like, I'm at people email me, hey, man, I'm trying to make it happen. I'm like, I ain't got no time to make it happen for you, man. And yet you do, though. I do. You listen to them. Unless it's all watch their dumb tapes. Do you still uh, get that rush when you – oh, you listen to their tapes and critique them? I tell them, you know, try to get them on the right track or whatever. Do you still get the rush when you walk on stage? Absolutely. It's a great thing. I, I'm never going to lose that. I'm never going to lose laughing. That's why I told Patrice. I said, don't lose that. you got to keep laughing. Stop, you get Because I thought he was getting too well, You do hear it on those interviews with Mark and Jay. You yeah, hear I thought he was getting too I said, don't lose what you, what, what you have is laughter and keep that. You got to keep, I'm always laugh. Nothing's going to stop me from laughing. Nothing. And if I stop laughing, you know, it's over. It's a wrap, you know, because it's important, you know, well, not take yourself too serious. There's a lot more that I want to talk to you about, but I think that's a great place to end. And, uh, you know, um, thank you for coming and doing this. And just, man, I mean, thanks for, you know, everything that you've done in the world of comedy. It's great to see that it, uh, in the end, like, redounds back to you in such a good way that right. people are cool to you and respected and I don't insist something amazing about you because one thing comedians don't all do all the time is give a lot of credit out right. and all these different people uh, <laughs> make it a point to talk about the impact you've had in their lives that's a good thing now right yeah man <laughs> I think it's a I think it's a great thing I can't wait to watch your special and um, to see you at the table at the cellar because uh, my friends invite me to sit there and uh, I can watch people tell you that you're wrong ah, and I love you it. refuse to oh, admit they that got me wrong. with that uh was it blackjack or no poker? poker. Well, yeah. Oh, we that was awful. You, for you, you, you're the cause you. of that. I am. It was awful for you. You know what the best part was? This is true. Because <laughs> one thing Keith's kind of under. But I just say one thing you're underplaying is sort of, uh, you know, you're real rough at the table on people. And uh, well, I know that's true because I didn't think it was a big deal. But then two months later, I walked in and Lenny Marcus came up to me. I don't even know him, and he's like. Dude, I heard you totally destroyed Keith. <laughs> and I'm like, I couldn't even remember what he was talking about. <laughs> and then Goldman and Amy Chad Schumer reminded me, and I was like, oh, Keith, you mean that dumb guy? <laughs> I didn't. Oh, yeah, right. Hey, man, I'm so happy for you for all your success and everything that's Thank great you, that's happening. Well earned. Thanks so uh, much. You've put in all the time. So thanks for doing this, Keith. Thank you. Guys, man. go see thanks Keith Robinson me. at uh, the Comedy Cellar. He's there almost every night that he's not on the road. Right. Uh, you can watch my cop show. You can watch a special, which will be online and after. Amy Schumer's uh, movie, The Trailer. I'm in that trailer. He's in Trainwreck, Amy Trainwreck. Schumer's yeah. um, movie. Where are you on Twitter? What's your name on Twitter? At one Keith Robinson. At one Keith Robinson. I'm at Brian Koppelman at Twitter. You can email me at the moment, BK, at uh, gmail.com. If you send me a screenplay or a movie idea, the ghost of Keith's mother is going to come and shoot you. <laughs> so don't do that. All right, thanks, everybody. See you next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Grantland. To hear more Grantland shows in your earballs, subscribe to Grantland Sports and Grantland Pop Culture on iTunes. Or go to grantland.com and click on podcasts.